the presentation of anarchism, anarchism. as social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual of the human race. The emancipation. Anarchist Essays is brought to you by Loughborough University's Anarchism Research Group. For more information on the ARG, see the link in the show notes or follow us on Twitter at ARGLBORO. Radical Hospitality by Nora Ziegler. These reflections on radical hospitality are drawn from my experience of living and working for five years as a full-time volunteer in a house of hospitality for migrants made destitute by UK immigration policy. The House of Hospitality was run by the London Catholic Worker, which is a Christian anarchist collective and part of the International Catholic Worker Movement. During my time at the Catholic Worker, I experienced what felt like true solidarity and community across differences of power rooted in class, race, migration status and gender. But I also experienced conditions and relationships that felt exploitative and dehumanising. Since leaving the house, I have tried to make sense of my contradictory experiences and understand the ways in which we fail to achieve our radical aims and why. The International Catholic Worker Movement began in New York in 1933 as a newspaper connecting working class struggles with Catholic social teaching. Soon after, members of the emerging movement began opening houses of hospitality that provided direct and personal support to the unemployed and working poor. The personalist philosophy of the movement is to do your share and do it well, then agitate the rest of the community to do their share. Catholic workers don't only offer food and shelter, they try to offer a home, sharing something of themselves with a stranger. The Catholic worker conception of hospitality is a personal relationship between equals, between guest and host, as opposed to the hierarchical and impersonal relationships cultivated by the non-profit industrial complex. And yet, like many mutual aid groups trying to practice solidarity, not charity, Catholic worker houses often find that they end up reproducing hierarchical relationships between guests and hosts. This is because the mutuality of mutual aid is never guaranteed by the tactics, organisational structures or ideology of a group. Mutuality is also not guaranteed by our common humanity, common identities, or common experiences of oppression. Mutuality has to be built and rebuilt constantly across differences, including differences of power. Solidarity, not charity, is an unhelpful binary that fails to address a paradoxical tension between our aims of equality and the unequal conditions within and against which we work. Charities institutionalise boundaries between caregivers and care receivers in order to distribute across differences of power. However, since charities can't resolve these differences, which are rooted in structural oppression, they end up reinforcing and reproducing the very differences they are trying to address. Mutual aid groups often set themselves apart from charities by refusing to impose criteria of deservingness or differentiate between caregivers and care receivers. However, in our eagerness to prefigure equality, we can end up avoiding differences of power instead of addressing them. If charities tend to cynically accept inequality, mutual aid groups often treat equality as given. 
The idea that solidarity and mutual aid are made possible by an underlying equality rooted in a common struggle or common identity disguises differences of power within and between groups. It also obscures the agency of marginalised people engaging in solidarity with more socially powerful groups. As Bell Hooks observed, any automatic solidarity that we might experience is often rooted in white, male or middle class bonding. For example, many of the religious and historical traditions of hospitality that inspired the Catholic worker movement are patriarchal forms of hospitality. Patriarchal hospitality establishes equal relationships between men, facilitated by the labour of women, children and servants, who themselves are not recognised either as hosts or guests. Here, solidarity is facilitated by exclusion of the other. Radical hospitality is mutual aid practised across differences of power with the aim of dismantling those differences. Radical hospitality aims to sustain a creative tension between its unconditional aim of equality and the unequal con conditions within and against which it is practised. There are many collectives and projects navigating the murky spaces between solidarity and charity. They include social centres, prisoner and detainee support groups, squats and house shares, domestic violence shelters, solidarity unions, faith groups, community kitchens, activist collectives, medical clinics, and many more. Radical hospitality is an attempt to conceptualize the messy and often precarious work of such groups. Radical hospitality is inspired by Jacques Derrida, who described hospitality as an ethics straddling two contradictory forces. The unconditional ideal of hospitality is to share everything with a stranger without asking for compensation or even a name in return. This ideal can only be put into practice through norms and conditions that corrupt the ideal. But without these conditions, there is no hospitality, only empty words. Catholic workers struggle with this dilemma in their everyday work. They want to welcome anybody who asks for help without asking too many questions and without judging who is more or less deserving. However, as one member of the movement pointed out, sure, I could take in more people, but then I'm not really offering a home to anybody. So they implement criteria, rules and curfews to make sure they are offering a safe and welcoming space, but thereby they reproduce hierarchies of deservingness. If these rules and criteria remain fixed over time, the project will just become another charity and hospitality becomes nothing more than another buzzword. However, it is also possible that exceptions are made and the rules are bent or discarded as guests and hosts get to know each other and learn from each other. Radical hospitality means that the role of both guest and host are transformed. The host becomes guest and the guest becomes host. Radical hospitality is therefore not about opening an existing home to an outsider. Both guest and host only become at home through the process of hospitality. I am not at home if my safety and well-being depend on the exclusion of others. I am only at home if my belonging here is recognised by others, if I am part of a community of mutual belonging. These reflections come from years of asking myself what it takes to really be at home in the Catholic worker house where I lived. I felt that I only deserved to be there if I worked hard enough if I was useful. I never felt welcome or valued just for who I am. And it seemed to me that the migrants I lived with were welcome because of their need, as passive recipients of care, 
but not as active members of a community with a right to shape and challenge how things are done. It seemed to me that I could only feel truly at home if the migrant residents felt at home, and vice versa. In a relationship of hospitality, the guest can only be at home if the host lets go of their exclusive ownership of the space. And the host is only truly at home if the guest makes themselves at home, taking ownership and responsibility for the space. Practicing hospitality and being at home can therefore mean different and even contradictory things for hosts and guests. For a host who would like to become guest, hospitality can mean giving up their independence and accepting leadership from others. For the guest who would like to become host, practicing hospitality could mean gaining independence and assuming leadership roles. Both practices and the tensions between them are necessary for radical hospitality. The conditions at the London Catholic Worker were unsustainable for both volunteers and residents. The residents shared rooms of up to three people and were restricted by curfews. The small group of volunteers were responsible for a household of 25 people 24-7 and were burning out under the pressure. From a perspective of radical hospitality, this unsustainability was not a sign of failure. It was a sign that both residents and volunteers needed something to change. However, our interdependency also didn't guarantee change. Instead, it felt like we were becoming further and further entrenched and polarised in our roles as guests and hosts. I remember feeling trapped and powerless to make changes on an organisational level. In theory, volunteers had power to make organisational changes, but we didn't know what needed to be done. We needed the knowledge and leadership not only of the residents, but of members of our local and activist communities, and especially of black and people of colour, people with insecure immigration status, and people who had experienced poverty and homelessness. So what stopped us from reaching out? I think to some extent we were afraid of losing control and autonomy in a project that we depended on for our own needs and well-being. To some extent it was a fear of being co-opted. We feared that the unique and radical elements of Catholic worker philosophy might become diluted if we opened up our group. We had some reason to be defensive, because faith-based groups are often not taken seriously within anarchist and leftist spaces. However, this seems to be a common pattern among anarchists more generally. In trying to protect their anti-statist and anti-capitalist stance, anarchist groups often become increasingly isolated, homogenous and elitist. This more radical-than-thou gatekeeping primarily targets working-class, black, indigenous, queer or disabled people, people of colour and women. The tactics of these groups are often considered to be self-interested, limited, and at best add-ons to a more holistic anarchist or leftist vision. The revolutionary praxis of women, working class, queer and disabled communities, black, indigenous and people of colour, have formed part of and influenced anarchist and leftist traditions such as the Catholic worker. However, they can't be subsumed under or reduced to these traditions. In fact, they challenge anarchist and leftist traditions, pushing towards altogether new ways of thinking and being in this world. Radical hospitality enables encounters and solidarity between a diversity of tactics and revolutionary traditions, with the goal of creating entirely new spaces, relationships and consciousness. These encounters can never be one-sided. They require the agency and experience of all the different groups and people involved. 
especially where they clash, as Audre Lorde remarked. Our differences are necessary polarities between which our creativity can spark like a dialectic. Radical hospitality therefore requires white Catholic workers and white anarchists more generally to become guests within anti-racist and decolonial movements. It requires men to become guests in women's spaces, learning and accepting leadership from women. It also requires people who have been sidelined or exploited to build their autonomy and power so that they can become confident and generous hosts. Some Catholic worker communities in the United States have taken this approach to confronting racism within their predominantly white movement. They look for ways to share their resources and labour with collectives led by black, indigenous and people of colour. They recognise that their access to resources comes from the fact that white people like to invest in white-led organisations. They recognise that the wealth of their white donors is linked to a system of white supremacy which extracts labour and land from black, indigenous and people of colour. Radical hospitality can never be practised internally within a fixed group. It always pushes the limits of a group, the limits of ideology and of tactics. Radical hospitality is therefore a diversity of tactics that collectively build relationships of mutual care, trust and accountability across differences of power. Thank you for listening. To help others find Anarchist Essays, please rate and review us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're interested in anarchist ideas, why not check out the journal Anarchist Studies? For over 20 years, Anarchist Studies has been publishing original research on the history, theory, and practice of anarchism. For more information, visit www.lwbooks.co.uk forward slash anarchist studies.